Hello, and welcome to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan half of Ryan and Brian, and this is episode number 38. We are continuing our Advent series this week, focusing on the theme of love. We are looking at the theme of love through the prophet Malachi and discuss the correlation between love and judgment. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the podcast, would you mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or a review on Facebook? If that's not your thing, would you mind sharing the post about this episode or another episode you've enjoyed on Facebook or just tell your friends? We'd love to expand our audience. All right, let's jump into this episode looking at love in Malachi. Hey, Brian. Brian. Welcome back to the Bistro. <laughs> How are you doing? I am feeling You never great. tell me when this is going to be a musical version like like well it just it just hits you doesn't you it You know the we're working on uh, Brian Brian's Bible Bistro the musical so <laughs> it's going to change Broadway as we and know theology. it and a, a sight and spectacle for the senses and right. spirit We could maybe we could, we could we so could take that over to Brant's and maybe and <laughs> Oh god it's it's gonna have the uh, banjo and the violin for that. And uh, I'm just thinking, have you, you been know, over? To, have I'm you not, been, ever been over to the Sight and Sound Productions? The Sight and Sound Theater, I have not. They're I've impressive. Seen it. They really are impressive. We went and saw. I will have to say, I've went seen, and saw Noah a couple ahead. years ago, and it was really impressive. And there's another one. Oh, it was what was the other one we saw? I can't remember. We've seen two of them, and uh, both of them were really impressive. I've heard lots of people that go almost every year. It's it's a, it's it's pretty major production for sure. So. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard they're very good. I have seen some shows in Branson. Though. Oh yeah, well, I saw Ray Stevens. Yeah. Have you remember Ray Stevens? Mississi- is, did and, he do uh, the Mississippi the, uh, Squirrel Revival? Yes, the squirrel. That we should went, do an episode yeah, on that. In the we church, should do an episode on the Mississippi <laughs> the theology of the squirrel. <laughs> Oh, okay. goodness. Yes. So that's my Branson experience. I haven't gone to a show in quite some time. Right. But anyway, yes. So here we are yeah, again. Yeah, we're continuing on in the Advent season. We've just, Yes, it's a good time Yeah, we've year. decided to do an episode on the four prophetic readings that the lectionary has for the Advent season, just kind of leading up to a way to prepare for Christmas. We talked last time we were yeah. together. Do you remember what I said Advent meant last time? I, should, I know I just put you on the spot. <laughs> Sorry. This is when, no, wait, this is when I do best. <laughs> Advent no, means, you know, the, the idea of coming or coming into. Uh, it's it's about, uh, you know, when we think about Advent, we think about the first coming of Jesus, but we also look forward to the second coming of Jesus. And as I often like to point out, we find ourselves now in a very similar time. Uh, we did an episode not too long ago kind of talking about eschatology and um, it's that idea of expectation and waiting, and and uh, even though things sometimes look dim, uh, then then uh, we're looking forward to Christ's return. And the same way, we, the people of God were looking forward to the Messiah's coming the first time. And so we talk about Advent before the birth of Jesus, and it kind of prepares us for this uh, this season when we remember God entering the world in the person of Jesus, and so. Yeah, very good. Well, that's something I didn't remember, so uh, I'm glad you brought it up. So the four weeks of Advent, each of them have a different uh, meaning. Hope is one week, and love is the focus on the second week, which is where we are now, the the idea of Mm -hmm. love. The passage for today is Malachi chapter 3. 
Uh, we thought this would be a good way to kind of have a devotional and and think about the meaning of Christmas and think about the meaning of Christ coming into the world and kind of prepare us again for that uh, for that season. So yeah. let me read Malachi three. This is the first four verses of Malachi chapter three, and and I'll be honest, go ahead and prepare yourself a little bit, Ryan, because this is kind of a different uh, different reading than we might associate. Usually half for uh, well, Advent. I mean, it's pretty common in Advent every few years, but uh, this idea of <laughs> this idea of uh, love, the week of love in this passage I'm about to read, we're going to have to do some thinking to see how it kind of fits together. So let me read these four okay. verses. This is Malachi chapter three, verses one through four. It says uh, here, and this this is in quotations, this is God's message through Malachi. And you can look back in chapter two to kind of see the beginning of this. Um uh, kind of saying that that we have here, but God speaking says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. So that's the passage we have before us as we think about this idea of Christ coming and uh, connected mm-hmm. with, with this idea of love. Of course, when it says, I will send my messenger, what does that immediately make you think of? The very beginning of this passage, what does that make you think of, Ryan? Uh, John the Baptist. Say, so I, I will send my message who, messenger who will prepare the way before me. Uh, Luke chapter 3 talks about this. Now, this isn't the quotation from uh, that we usually associate with John the Baptist. It's, it's Isaiah 40. Uh, I think you have Luke 3 there in front of you, don't you? This is talking about uh, uh, John, the son of Zechariah. So go ahead and read. You can begin just with that last part of verse 2 where it talks about uh, John, the son of Zechariah, and then read down through verse 6. Yeah. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low, the crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Okay, so that's a quotation there, the last part of that is a quotation from Isaiah chapter 40, talking again about this messenger who's going to come. And both of these passages, Malachi 3 and this one in Isaiah 40, and there's other passages that talk about this, talk about this messenger who's going to come and prepare the way. Uh, so uh, we'll talk. I'm going to come back to that. Don't let me forget that idea of preparing the way, because I do want to come back to this. We'll come back to Luke Now, yeah. I said it's a little bit strange to have this, this idea of uh, it's really a judgment passage because it says who can stand when when this one comes. It's, so it's so this yeah. idea of waiting and the messenger is going to come and and prepare the way. But then it says when he comes suddenly into his temple, who will be able to stand? And it says he will be like refiner's fire or like um, uh, some of your translations will say fuller's soap or, or launderers, which is a hard word to say. Launderers soap. <laughs> launderers soap. Yeah, a rural. <laughs> so so it's that idea of of uh, 
cleaning or this idea of refining is is what's connected to this. So here's my question that we have to think about. If this is a passage that connects with the idea of Jesus coming in love, what's the connection between judgment and love, would you say, Ryan? How would you connect those two? Well, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how it connects. It's not those. easy. That's, we, in fact, I'll go ahead yeah. and, and give you. I'll dither a little bit and give you some time to think. But, <laughs> vamp, vamp, vamp. But this idea. What I was going to say is the ideas of judgment and love often are almost seen as as polar opposites, right? Uh, but what what you, can you think of any connection between them? And, and again, I'm I'm kind of I've not prepared you. I've kind of just put you on the spot here. What what do you think? Um. Well. Uh, you love someone, okay. <laughs> but you judge them for the wrong well, things. I don't I know. Think you're, no, you're I think the... you're getting there to the right place. I mean, we, when we think about love, a lot of times, I think, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things we have misconceptions about the meaning of love, I think, and those kind of things. But, but Love isn't always acceptance. Sometimes love is pushing back. And especially, back. I think, when we're talking about God's love for us, right? Especially considering our uh, sinfulness and our brokenness. Um, he loves us, but he doesn't want to leave us where we are. Uh, and in fact, he wants us to be <clears throat> what he intended for us to be from the from the creation. That's the way I like to put it, is uh, he, he wants us to be the people he created us to be, uh, not the people that mm-hmm. we are, right? Not, the, not, not right. far from him. Uh, you know, our rebellion has has put this um, a separation between us. So I think this idea of judgment, or and particularly it's in reference to uh, repentance, and I'll come back to that again in a minute. But it's that idea of him loving us, but loving us in a, enough that he wants to see us be the people he he really intended for us to be. And so I think that's okay. the connection here. Uh, we'll go back and read Malachi 3 maybe here in a minute, but if you look back in Malachi chapter 1, it's very okay. interesting how this whole thing begins, because Malachi, in a way, is all about love. This whole Now, we've talked before about prophets. Prophets always come during periods of time when the priests are not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. The kings are maybe not leading the people as they should. But if you look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 1, it says, the oracle of the Lord, word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi... Uh, I have loved you, says the Lord. And and let me just stop for a minute. That that verb form there, uh, in English we call that a perfect, have loved. It's a it's a past tense. But the idea of a perfect, it, it means it has it has an ongoing effect. Uh, in other words, I have loved you in the past, and that love continues to the present. Uh, it, it's talking about the, a long-term kind of uh, love. This isn't. This isn't an. Infa- this isn't something that has passed. It's not something. In, it's not an infatuation. I was going to say, yeah, and it's the same thing. It's not something that was in the past and and is now over. This this verb form emphasizes that idea. This is something that began in the past and and continues. So I have loved you, says the Lord. Not have loved just past, but I have loved you. Uh, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? And, and then he goes on and he talks about the way that he chose Jacob, for example, over Esau. We get into this really difficult passage that Paul quotes in the book of Romans. Uh, Jacob yes. I've loved, Esau I've hated. Uh, and, and and then he goes on and basically talks about this idea that I've given you all of these things, that I have done all these things for you in the past to show my love for you. Now, I want to go back. Let's go back to Malachi chapter 3. It says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And then it says, then suddenly the Lord you're seeking will come to his temple 
and the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord. That's the second word I want to kind of talk about is that idea of covenant. Uh, covenant is a mm-hmm. really important concept for us to understand uh, throughout the, the writings of the Hebrew Bible. You know, the whole Old Testament is really focused on that idea of covenant. In fact, I, I've suggested before, it's a way that we can read the entire Bible, both Old and New Testament, in connection with this idea of covenant. How would you define covenant, Ryan, when we think about this? Uh, a covenant is a a commitment, okay. like like a, a commitment from one to another, okay. or between two between two it's people, an agreement, like a, a promise, a, a contract. We sometimes we'll we'll talk about now covenant in this terms. We often talk about as unilateral in the sense that God is the one who has made this covenant, and then He mm-hmm. has expected people to respond. Uh, now, here's the interesting thing. The word, and we've talked about this when we in a question answer episode. You, you, in the past, kind of asked this question that people ask from time to time: Is the God of the Old Testament different than Jesus? And, and one yeah. of the things I think we have kind of a misperception of this idea of covenant. Uh, we think about God's promise to us and His expectations in a very legalistic sense. But here's an interesting thing. I'm going to uh, hopefully this this will be something that will be interesting for you and for our listeners today, Ryan. Is how many times in the Old Testament this concept of covenant, again, we're talking about God's ag- agreement, the, the promise, covenant and promise are very closely related, covenant and contract are very closely related, the number of times this word covenant is connected to the idea of love. That's what I want to want to focus on for just a minute. Over 40 times in the Old Testament, the idea of covenant and love are connected. I pulled two of them out. Uh, for us to look at to kind of see what's going on. I had you, I think I gave you Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 12 through 13 to read. And, and really, this yep. is Deuteronomy 7 is, of course, this is Moses on the plains of Moab. People are getting ready to enter the promised land. Moses doesn't get to go with him. So these are kind of his final words. I always, every, anytime you read Deuteronomy, this is Moses' final sermon to the people of Israel before they enter the promised land. And he's going back and basically kind of rehearsing what God has done for them, and and this idea of the promise that he made, this covenant that he made. So read uh, chapter 7, verses 12 through 13 for me there, Ryan. Yeah, here we go. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine, and olive oil, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Okay, he will bless the fruit of your womb. I always say not to be confused with the fruit of the loom. But... um... (laughs) Oh my gosh! But um, yeah, sorry, that joke. was bad. Um, <laughs> did, did you hear that covenant of love though? That language, the covenant of love, mm-hmm. and uh, yes. and it, that that phrase is used repeatedly in the Old Testament, and it says that this is a covenant of love. I will, I, I will love you. You know, I will, I will express my love for you in in the way that you're blessed in the land is essentially what he's saying here, I think. Now, let me read. This is uh, Psalm 106, where we see this concept of covenant and love connected as well. And uh, I want you to listen. Now, you have to listen to the end. I've been, in, I've been hanging out in the prophets a lot lately. So this is Psalm, or in, in Psalms. I said the prophets in Psalms. Uh, Psalms 106, 40, it says, Therefore the Lord was angry with his people and abhorred his inheritance. He gave them 
into the hands of the nations and their foes ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them and subjected them to their power. Many times he delivered them, but they were bent on rebellion. So that's that story of the Old Testament that that God's people continue to move away from him and he continues to to redeem them. Uh, They wasted Mm -hmm. away in their sin, yet, verse 44, even though they continued to rebel against him, verse 44, yet he took note of their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake, he remembered his covenant. Okay, so so you, you get what I'm saying. He remembered this promise that he had made, and out of his great love, he relented. So the reason I wanted to to read read this, and, and I, it goes on. He caused all those who were in captive to he showed them mercy, and but but do you get the idea? I wanted to show you that passage because I think it shows us the way that covenant and love are connected. Um, God remembered his covenant, even when people are in rebellion against him, even when they're moving away from him. And it's out of his great love that he responds to this promise that he has made. Who would you say that God first made his covenant with? Or how, how, how do you think about this? Uh, Abraham. Often we say that, you know, Abraham, if you think about Genesis chapter 12, the covenant that God there made with Abraham, there are other covenants in some ways, you know, God covenanted with Noah, but this covenant to Abraham seems to be something different. And this is the way that this covenant that's referred back to throughout the Old Testament goes back and refers to this promise that God made to Abraham that his people uh, would become a great nation. Uh, that they would be given a land that God would show them, and that through him, through his offspring, Abraham's offspring, all peoples on earth would be blessed. So we could think about the covenant in this sense as well. Not only was this a covenant of love for his people, but it was a covenant through whom God was going to extend his love to the entire world, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And so... Setting all of that up then, I know this has kind of been an all, all a bunch of background until we even get to the Advent part of this. So when we think about this idea of, of him loving us and wanting us to be the people that he created us to be. So go back and think about what Malachi 3 1 says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Luke chapter 3 that you read, it says that John the Baptist was received the word of the Lord, and he went before to prepare the way, right? And, and what, how yes. did he do that? What did it say he, he was doing there in Luke chapter 3? Uh, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He was calling sins. the people to repentance. That's the way he was preparing for the coming of the Messiah. And I think that's what's going on here in Malachi chapter 3 as well. The connection between judgment or repentance and and this idea of love is that this message has come for us to prepare ourselves for the coming. So the advent for for God to express his love for us in Christ then we are preparing ourselves in order to be able to receive that message, in order to be able to uh, receive that covenant, that promise that he's made. So I would say that Jesus then is a fulfillment of that love in the same way you saw in Psalm 106 that I that I read to you, that out of his great love, God remembered his covenant and acted on behalf of his people. Same thing with Jesus. Even though we are in rebellion to him, even though God's people, you know, this is just off the top of my head. I hadn't thought of this before, but Paul says, you know, while we were 
still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, right? He, he expressed his love for us even when we were in rebellion against him. Uh, and so I think that's kind of the message that's being, that's being gotten at. The messenger comes in order to prepare the way for the one who is the demonstration of, of God's love. And so we prepare ourselves uh, in order to receive that. And then the other thing I, I said to you a minute ago is that God's desire is also that this love be extended to the entire world through, you know, that the promise to Abraham is that through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. We understand that to be fulfilled in Christ. And so his, his love is extended to all people. Right, it's and this is the message of of the coming of the Messiah. Uh, Jesus has come into the world in order to extend the love of God to all people, and, and we are a part of that. So, let me go back to Malachi three. Actually, let me ask if you have any questions, or do you see kind of where I'm going with this now? Or yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. And, and so, back in in Malachi chapter three. It says, then suddenly the Lord you're seeking will come to his temple. There's a couple of really interesting things here. Of course, we've talked about Jesus and the re- connection to the temple before, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this is the idea that suddenly, so there's a suddenness to his appearing, right? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and there's also this idea that people have been seeking. That's Advent. People have been looking forward to this coming, and, and then he has come. I've heard people connect this, and I think it's kind of a cool connection to Simeon, in Luke chapter two, right? Yes, I was just thinking okay. about this when Jesus has brought for uh, yeah. circumcision. So here's the, and he's like, go no, ahead. you go ahead. I, that no, you, you go ahead. You know, there's this old man. That, <laughs> he's just saying like, this is the one we've been waiting right. for. Like it recognizes him immediately. And so here's the Lord brought to his temple, and yeah, you know, all of a sudden here he here he appears. And so this is a, a, another connection that we have here. Uh, and he's bringing this message of the covenant you desire, and it's gonna it's gonna come. Uh, some people will focus on the the verbs here. Focus on certainty. This isn't something that may happen. It is gonna happen. The Lord is gonna come to His temple, and, and so that again, it, it, our expectation. We have a confidence that that Christ will return. But then let's go back to to two again, chapter three, verse two of Malachi. Who can endure the day of His coming? Who can stand when He appears? For he will be like, and here we think about the message of repentance, he will be like refiner's fire. Now he goes on and he talks about the priesthood. I told you, uh, Levites and the and, and the priest, uh, I told you, uh, you know, before that the prophets only come when when there's problems within the priesthood, right? When the, when the true leaders of the people of God are not leading in the way that they should. But the idea of a refiner's fire is this idea that the impurities are going to be burned away and what's going to be left behind is pure metal. So gold and silver is what he mentions. Uh, The refiner's fire is going to burn up in us all those things that have impurities. Uh, And then the other one, he uses this idea of the launderer's soap. And and there we think about uh, dirty garments being made clean. Dirty garments are often uh, associated with this idea of of sinfulness as well. And uh, even if you think about the book of Revelation, the idea of the white garments, uh, you know, that they're given white garments that that indicate purity. So he'll purify Mm -hmm. the Levites, refine them like gold and silver. Then... Uh, the Lord will have men who bring him uh, offerings in righteousness. So this is the idea. He's looking forward to having this people who are able to approach him in this way. So 
what does that make you? <laughs> that's kind of a strange Christmas message, I suppose, or an Advent message. But what? Yeah. What do you think in in regard to this? How, what what kind of message does that leave for us that today? Then would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think this kind of goes back to this again. You've we've brought this up that that Old Testament and the New Testament yeah. of Jesus and this judgment and and love and uh-huh. that you know that they are. Again, how you stumped me when I was stammering and vamping. Um, you know, this connection of love love and judgment yeah. in that because of love, there is judgment on the sin and, yes. and becoming uh, that white as snow. And, and I, you know, that launderer's soap, yeah. I was just with a small group and we were doing Revelation the other yeah. day and we were reading about the churches yeah. and talking about those who had soiled yeah, their, clo- you their know, garments. like, you know, that their garments uh, when talking about the churches and what's going on in the churches and just that connection of this cleaning and garments of white and that there's a the the, the refinement yeah. refinement that's coming and that is a reflection of his love right. not just a that it's a reflection of love right. and judgment like that they kind of sit together here was an example i thought about using earlier with you Ryan just to kind of show you this i mean you have kids and um you love your kids I right do. <laughs> Yes. Depends on the day. Depends no. on the day. Yeah. Okay. I, I know. I've, I've, seen, seen, I've seen you with them. I know that you love them. I've, we've talked about them. Yeah. I know you love them. But but there comes times. It's not like your kids say to you, "Well, you love me, then why do you punish me?" Right? It's mm-hmm. actually out of our love that sometimes we we bring punishment because it's it's really correction. Um, you know, uh, th- this idea. If you if you don't love your child enough to correct them, uh, then you end up with with problems down the road that they they're able to go uh, astray. Essentially, is is the idea, and so so your love is expressed even in your in your uh, uh, discipline. discipline sometimes. And that's you know Paul talks about that. New Testament talks about that as well. Even Jesus talks about that idea. That uh, it a parent's love, a father's love, can sometimes be seen in the way that they choose to to discipline their child because they they have that child's good long term good in mind, and I think it's the same with us. Uh, sometimes this call to repentance, sometimes this refining, uh, sometimes this process is painful, uh, but it is for our good. It is it is in order to help prepare us, and that's the idea of the preparing for the coming of the Lord. Um, when he's going to come and very suddenly enter into his temple, and again, we look forward to that in the age to come as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's you know, I, I think thinking about love is when Jesus comes, it's not just love for just love; it's love for purification. Right. Like it's to right. you know that that his sacrifice through that pain and is calling us to something into the right. either pain of being purified ourselves. Sometimes our idea of Love, and I don't know if I can exactly. I'm not in a position right now to quantify exactly what I mean by this, but but sometimes our notion of love is what makes us think that there is this this lack of discipline or judgment that we find in Scripture, which is which is simply not true. We find it all over the place, uh, and and it's an aspect of the love of God. I think that He He corrects uh, those people who are His and keeps His promise to them. So. All right, so so what here? Wrapping it up, we're talking about love. It's Advent, you know. 
Well, you know, as we're pairing ourselves, what 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 should we be thinking about this in this aspect of love and yeah. and judgment and so forth? Jesus said this to his disciples in the upper room. On this is the Gospel of John, of course. Uh, in the upper room on the <laughs> court, is there any other gospels? In the night before uh, his uh, night of his arrest, night before his crucifixion, he said this to his disciples a couple of different times: "If you love me, you will obey my commands." Uh, we demonstrate our love. Uh, it's just like the covenant, you know. God says, "I'm showing my love to you." God has shown His love for us in Christ. Uh, to quote First John, um, "This is love, not that we loved God." but that he loved us, right? That, that he sent his son for us. Uh, and then we respond to that, I think, in love. And so the work of John the Baptist in calling people to repentance, uh, calling people back to, to who, who they are intended to be and calling them into this uh, intimacy again with God, uh, I think is the same kind of thing as we prepare to remember the birth of Jesus, uh, we... Um, look in our in our lives and we see areas of our life that need purified in order for us to experience again this intimacy with God that Jesus has made possible. That's what I think is is kind of the focus here. Uh, a time of chastening, a time you know I mentioned before Advent in the past was a time when people would prepare for um uh entering into uh into the faith, you know, being baptized and and the initial stages of their faith. It was a time that they focused upon that, and so part of that is is preparing ourselves in the same way that John the Baptist came, the same way that Malachi promised would happen, uh, that they came to, to basically call people back to a relationship with God again. Malachi, I, I said it's all about love, and I didn't don't know how well I expressed this. At the beginning, God says to them, I have loved you, but then it's a lot, a lot of Malachi is about the way that his love has not been reciprocated. <laughs> has not been returned, but instead they have rebelled against him. Uh, this idea of a relationship between God and his people is, is an image we see throughout the Old Testament. And uh, so I think this idea of repentance and refiner's fire and launderer's soap is all a way to talk about us uh, preparing ourselves for his coming into our into our hearts, into our lives. So, Yeah, it, that's the Malachi 1, verse yeah. 2, but you ask, how have you loved yeah. us? Like question. Yeah. And and we know now, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. We know we know that he has loved us through his right. son Jesus, he, and and that is why we have yep. hope and and love. Yeah, he loved us enough that uh, that Christ came to to bring us back to ourselves. So very good. So do you have well, any Brian, uh, any big Christmas traditions that you guys do in your family? What? Uh, so typically the night before Christmas, we open jammies. Oh, nice. You know, like with the kids, we open pajamas. I don't have like a onesie or anything that I put on. Nothing. <laughs> weird we i know should, when are we gonna a, do large... we should do a uh uh since we're on youtube now and we could also put this maybe in a picture we should do the ugly sweater uh Ooh. episode of we should do an, an ugly sweater just, episode just an idea so a christmas episode but you, you but put on the that... jammies i'm sorry i interrupted your oh we, we hand jammies to the kids and then we usually watch uh white christmas oh, or holiday nice. inn the okay. night before i mean that's usually lauren and yeah. i we... you guys are musical people clearly Clearly, I, but I do have to laugh. What is it? Uh, Holiday Inn? No, White Christmas. Yeah. When they talk about washing their hair with snow oh, yeah. on the train. Do you remember yeah. this? No. Yeah, I do. Okay, I do remember. It's funny. I think it's funny. Bing. Who washes their hair with snow? Well, no one. No one. People in Bing Crosby's day, apparently. <laughs> and that's how we got to today. It's it's anyway, actually an image right. in the Book of Revelation, though, right? 
washing your hair no, with his snow. His hair was was as white as snow. Yeah, it, but it doesn't say like he washed it with snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you go. On I'll that let you go. Wonderful note. Oh yeah, you're splitting hairs now with scripture. <laughs> That's right. the message from Brian today. All right. We'll see you well, next Brian, week for the third, so third week oh, wait, of wait. Advent. So. Yes. So may your um, may your hearths be warm. Yes. May your um, tables overflow with abundance. And may your Bible be read. Well, there you go. May you sign off. <laughs> may you be refined with the refiner's fire. May you be refined. <laughs> yep. All right. Sign off. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Our Advent series continues next week as we explore the theme of joy by looking at Zephaniah. You can find show notes, links, and more at thebiblebistro.com, as well as sign up for our email newsletter to stay in touch, but also to get some exclusive content we are working on. You can find us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible Bistro. And as always, you can subscribe to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Just search for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.